to Blue Notes On Air. Join us as we chat with experts, analysts and commentators from the Asian region about business, culture and economics. The value add is not necessarily in the software itself, it's in the services you provide around the software. The ecosystem around the open source software is where you get the monetization. Today, Blue Notes Innovation Editor Karina Paracella chats to ANZ's Julia Ogris and Mark Angrish about open sourcing and recruitment best practice. We hope you enjoy the discussion. We're hearing a lot about how in order to win in the digital future, big businesses like banks are starting to morph into software companies. Why is that so important? Well, I'm a software engineer, so to me, um, software is everywhere and determining what we're going to be tomorrow. When we think about uh, you know, software and in banking, you know, obviously we started a long time ago with mainframes and stuff like that. And all our stuff was built on technology a long time ago. So we actually did have a, a period of our history where we embraced technology quite strongly. And then we had this period where we didn't really, you know, it became a burden, we had to do things. And then the internet really reinvigorated the whole thing again and uh, as a new channel to reach customers and stuff like that. And how do you, what do you do around that? Mm. So that model that we did to protect ourselves was now hurting our ability to, to grow. And I think that's where um, this whole uh, mentality of shifting to becoming a software company is important again because what we're doing now is creating competitive advantage in that landscape by saying, look, we're going to trust our people to innovate with new ideas. And uh, the way they do that is through their technology offering and how they can reach those customers again. As we move into that space, you know, moving from traditional into the 21st century, the digital future, uh, there's going to be a huge demand. In fact, there probably already is a huge demand for top tech top engineering talent. So how do big companies like ANZ attract and retain engineers? I mean, you're both from an engineering background. So how do we actually get you and then keep you in an organization? I want to say something to the to the term top talent first, because I'm always like, oh, am I top talent? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's also, I think as an engineer, you, you never consider yourself top talent. You mm. consider yourself a tinkerer or a craftsman who just kind of is stubborn and doesn't want to let go. And I'm actually unexpectedly happy working here. I, I never thought I would be. I took this job mainly because it was the most competitive offer in terms of money. There's so much talk about getting more women into engineering or software engineering in specific. And then I didn't get a single offer for a three-day role, which I mm. thought was pretty sad. So mm. I think we can stand out with the work-life balance, with money, money, but also our efforts to create open source software. Tell me a little bit more about open sourcing. So like for for you know anyone who hasn't heard of that term before, tell me about what that actually means as an engineer. How do, how do you make that work? Yeah, over the last, I don't know, 20 years or so, maybe longer, uh, this movement around software began where um, you know, a lot of companies would lock down their software. If you wanted to make a change or understand how something could happen, perhaps you want to get a little bit of a, a change that would give your business a bit of an edge. Mm. You couldn't do that. Open source was really born around saying, well, let's put this all in the public domain. Let's make stuff better uh, by having more people um, part of the ecosystem trying to continually build on top of things. Steve Ballmer of Microsoft fame used to say open source is a cancer. He thought it undermined everything they have built and big software companies can build. So the truth is, I think, um, big software organizations that do create open source software, like Google, my former employee, they're very careful not to open source everything as mm. well. So often it's a chunk and it, it needs to be a big enough chunk, chunk to um, 
get momentum to be useful to people, but often there is a share that is kept internally. So that's, that could be one model. Another model could be that um, you uh, sell services on top or customizations. And this is the beauty of it. Now that people know that you're actively contributing to this, it now becomes a destination for people wanting to um, you know, join an organization. They go, oh wow, they're so willing to put this out there and make it the best thing available. They, they understand that there is, um, you know, the value add is not necessarily in the software itself. It's in the services you provide around the software. The ecosystem around the open source software is where you get the monetization. And that is the, the real beauty of all this. Being a software company at your heart and understanding where your competitive advantage is and embracing open source is really gonna take you to the next level. Um, really interested in your views on the recruitment. We're seeing a lot of um, emerging models in recruitment. Now, as an engineer, you know, I'm thinking that the CV is dead. You're not gonna go and write on your CV that I did all these amazing open source projects and this is, how can you actually depict that with the written word? Isn't it so much more about um, those projects that you're working on in the community, your GitHub, where your code is actually saved. How do we actually help our recruiters and human resources friends in better understanding how to really attract solid engineers? I'm particularly passionate about this one because I actually ran, or I, was part, I ran one startup and I was part of another startup that was specifically around recruitment. One of them was general recruitment and the other one was around engineering recruitment. Uh, I learned a lot about the way we approach recruiting here and I connected with some fascinating people from Stanford and some people from Hong Kong who were doing some great work in trying to um, change the way organizations view uh, talent. That pipeline, how you reach out to people uh, to, to say that this would be a good place to work and building that relationship, that pipeline mm -hmm. is, is super important. Uh, you know, having the, the um, people aware of the activities that you're doing and you know enticing them every now and then to come and um, talk to you uh, is a really important thing the other big thing that I learned uh, was uh, around the way we always sort of try to factor in um, psychometric and um, those type, type of testing uh, very early on mm. and uh, so I, this is where the Stanford researchers were particularly interesting they said if you can ask somebody five or six hundred questions uh, you might have a good roughly a good idea about where their where their head is at in in terms of mm. um, uh, you know, would they be the right fit for you or not? But less than that, you're not really, you're going to scratch the, barely scratch the surface. The way you interview becomes more important and this mm. is where the cultural stuff comes in. If you focus on little, um, you know, bits where you're like, do you know this particular way to do this function in this programming language and that person fails, then people might go, oh, well, they couldn't answer this thing. But if they have a, a beautiful mind and they can think of things in novel ways uh, and they can get things done, mm. for me, that's far more valuable. Mm. So it really depends on the culture of the organization and what they value. And do we want people to push that innovation boundary and be part of that and listen to how we can innovate with customers and stuff like that? Or do we want people to be in a box, you know, IT, not being an, a, a driver of innovation, but an enabler, you know, mm. I think that's the old world, is being it enables a, a business idea rather than driving a business idea. Are we gonna get engineers excited about that? So mm. this, this whole recruitment thing, I think, underpins the culture of the organization. On, your, on the topic of psychometric testing, we're seeing a lot, I mean, it's happened for many, many years. Uh, you know, for hundreds of years, organizations have been testing people, um, you know, before employing them. So 
psychometric testing, career profiling, Myers-Briggs personality tests, I've had my own experience with those telling me that I'm suited for an engineering role when that's probably the furthest of what I actually do today. I know, Julie, you've had some personal experience with this. Are these tests actually helping or hindering organisations? Um, like everybody else at the end, I went through the parametrics. A little bit taken aback by the results. So, um the biometrics one said essentially that I'm the least suited to a software engineering role. The least suited to a software engineering <laughs> role, but you are a software engineer. And I've been a from all accounts, an amazing software engineer. Well, I don't know about amazing, but I, I've been in the business for 15 years. and um, yeah, But you're I'm least suited to the, to the career. Whatever, maybe I was just an outlier or who knows, but I'm pretty happy I took them at this stage of my life where I'm somewhat established and won't be rattled by that. Mm. But when I started, studying computer science that might have taken me to another track and mm -hmm. um, I'm pretty happy I didn't have to take the test back then mm. so um, yeah these tests might or might not be useful but they might also do some damage so mm. you should maybe be a little bit careful with that and the other thing to Julia's point is what are we doing with that information right mm. it, it, let's say we have that information um, how how is any of that helping us shape our decision making um, and are we reducing people to a line item that we need to check off of rather than personality types that they are mm. and uh, one of the things that I think is really important is that you need different types of personalities to drive different you know activities you know there are people who get their put their head down and just work and and seek direction and this as important as people who are super loud and have lots of ideas but can't get things done you know like th there are there are different combinations of people that are supremely important and not one um, type that we come up with is going to be mm. the best type. So I've certainly learned it's about taking a punt on potential as well. Thank you for listening to Blue Notes On Air. Blue Notes On Air was produced by the Blue Notes editorial team with music by Kevin McLeod. Blue Notes is a publication of ANZ Banking Group.